We are now recording and I have a very special guest, Canadian country music rising star, Jamie Hamilton. She's here today to talk about her passion for music, country music, being a three-time cancer survivor, and also talk about her new single, Stomping Ground. Welcome to the show, Jamie. Thanks so much for having me, Christina. I am delighted to have you and mm -hmm. I would like to know when did you well congratulations on your new single by the way thank so you around. thank you and is is it about your background like in at your cabin is that correct yeah totally so I actually um wrote this tune back in 2017 and it's kind of one of those songs where I had in my back pocket, you know, I just, I wanted it to, it just kind of kept it. I wanted to release it at a time that felt right. And uh, this year just kind of felt like the year to do that. Um, for as long as I can remember, my family and I, we've spent time up at our um, lake cabin. Um, so we have a cabin just uh, on Couch and Lake, which is in BC. And uh, I just have the best memories there growing up. So I wanted to write a song about that. Well, the video looks so much fun with Ooh, family, friends, <laughs> yeah. and having fun on the water. And it's yep. just like, I just love the name, Stomping Ground. You know, it's like oh, thank going, you. I can think of it going back to your childhood, right? Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, I kind of wanted to bring that sense of nostalgia and as well as bring that visual to a music video because it is quite a... A visual song that I'm you know describing a place so uh, when I shot the video I actually shot it at our cabin so it's totally totally legit I guess oh, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's wonderful and what's the feedback been like so far it's been great I have a lot of really lovely friends and family around me who um, you know they're they like to go up to spend their summers up at the lake too so I feel like I have a lot of people that kind of like that lake time lifestyle and people even just that that like to listen and watch the video so it's been um, it's been awesome no because you also have and I listen to save a bar stool for me yeah I love it thank and, you and parachute where do you get your inspiration to write like oh so it kind of comes from everywhere really you know for a while it's music really is that outlet for me so for save a bar still for me i had at that time i had uh my grandpa had passed and he had passed from cancer so i uh when you know when he was sick and um there was there was a lot of people coming to visit and that was when a lot of uh, my family and i we were you know spending time with him and there was a saying that a lot of people said they would say save a bar soul for me um yes. you know because he's a you know that kind of older generation you know likes his uh whiskey and all that so um i wanted to write a song that kind of was a tribute to him and um he just uh you know he was uh, quite a cool man and um a lot of people looked up to him so i really wanted to write a song about that because I know a lot of people, you know, loss is a part of life, unfortunately. So, um, yeah, I wrote that with my friends Rich Cloak and Josh David, and they were such great songwriters and they totally, when we went into that uh, 
virtual room because we did yeah. a, a Zoom song, right? They totally just, they understood what I was trying to say and yeah, they were amazing and they really made the song what it is today. Well, it takes a team, right? And, and it's wonderful. Like, you know, I was going to ask you, why country music? So I feel like when I was younger, I always gravitated towards it because if we stem, you know, back to early days when I started playing guitar, I was nine years old. And around that time, you can probably guess what artist was flourishing in country music. It was Taylor Swift. So I think at that time, it was really cool to just see an artist that not only was a huge country artist at the time, but also wrote all of her songs. And I think that was just so cool to see, but not only she was writing her so own songs, but she was a female doing that. And I think that was so cool. Of course, getting into her music, I also started diving into other artists. You know, I really liked, of course, Carrie Underwood. I love Miranda Lambert. More recently, I love artists like Casey Musgraves, Meyer Morris, Haley Witters, all those. And um, they each tell a story in so many of their songs and they, their songwriting is just, you just kind of, I don't know, dive into it. And I just love the storytelling of country music. Yeah, so, mm -hmm. you know, it is like what you said, storytelling and making people feel inspired or to change their yeah. lives. And, you know, which, which leads to me to, um, can you share with our viewers, like, and being a three-time cancer survivor, um, mm -hmm. was it the music? Was your therapy it healed you? And um, can you share? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, like I say, I spent a lot of time in the hospital at a young age. Um, I was first diagnosed with leukemia when I was five. I relapsed when I was nine, and then again at twelve. Um, so I, I did have to give up you know, sports, school, spending time with friends, which are a big part of your life when you're that age, right? So I found myself gravitating towards picking up my guitar more and bringing it into my hospital room. And that was kind of the one thing that I was up for and that stuck around for me. And, you know, a couple of times I had music therapists coming in and we would, you know, strum our guitars together. and. Um, so I really found a passion for music because of that and I think yeah slowly songwriting started coming into that and that's how I got some of my feelings out and all that so yeah. Yeah it's <laughs> like you know the guitar's there and you learned to play at mm -hmm. nine years old and then it became uh, taking voice lessons and mm -hmm. and your voice is beautiful the survive you. and you. you know and um so you found each other you know it's like yeah. the guitar's there and it's coming to you and you're coming to it and it's just like yeah. it's a beautiful beautiful um way of saying if i may and it, and it inspires mm -hmm. others to follow and you know so you know, was it the first song, Survive, that you wrote? Is that correct? Or so was the Survive was actually, um, so back in 2017. Okay. So it's, it's around 2016, 2017. That was when um, I was granted a wish. So through the BC Children's Wish, um, it, or they were called Children's Wish BC at the time. Yes. 
and they granted me my wish and my wish was to record a song in a professional studio um, so that's when they found um, a producer and his name is Adam Alexander and he worked in Toronto at the time and um, he him and his co-writer uh, had a song called survive and because I wasn't sure at that time I was just like I'll write my own, own song or or sing a song just whatever I want to go in the studio I want to I want to do that so he it actually worked out that he had the song survive and you know if you listen to it it's really just what I was going through and what I felt like and it kind of was one of those like wow like this is kind of meant to be and uh so that was the first song that I put out was survive and that was in 2017 and um yeah and then shortly after that I released released my parachute EP and um that's just a collection of songs that I continued working with that producer and yeah it's it's been great you know and congratulations again you know as professional singer songwriter like can you tell us how much time you spend a day like i mean you like or do you have a place that you like to write songs or and play music i always just say um my bedroom you know that's kind of where i grew up doing that and it's just kind of i guess my safe space and um i have my piano i have my guitar here and um so i always just kind of i try to if not like once a night, at least once a couple um, or a couple times like a week, I like to at least sit and just kind of strum. And I'm always writing down notes in my phone, you know, something that pops up in my head. And um, But yeah, more recently, the past couple years is um, when I started collaborating, you know, I, I think um, probably goes for a lot of artists. Uh, we focused on Zoom rights, you know, through the pandemic and all that. So that's what I think um, really, really s- switched for me was the collaboration. You know, I'd always, you know, been in my room songwriting alone. I never mm-hmm. really branched out and collaborated much. It wasn't um, until I, I did a music performance program. So I did a little bit of collaboration there. But yeah, come when the pandemic came um kind of was like well what do I do now I guess I could reach out to artists and songwrite so that's what I did <laughs> yeah so it's wonderful and and you played at the Sunfest Country Music Festival yeah and you're going yes. back right is that um... so that um I've played in previous years and I actually just played last weekend is so their annual every August long is their um, festival. So I just came off. That's this week has just been a whirlwind trying to get back to reality and and all of that. But um, it's that was so fun. That was so oh, fun. Great. And you know, I I understand that um, you have you actually three country singles in the past three years. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so any other highlights like um, first national? Well, yeah, yeah, so I went yeah, I went to Nashville um this past year in May and I went with my friend Emily Kate who's also a country artist, Canadian country artist. And um so we went down there and that was so fun and it's just been I feel like this year has been a very 
music focused year and I that's kind of what I want to get to you know I I still work a part-time job but I would love to do this full-time you know I just I just live and breathe music I want to songwrite I want to perform so I feel like this year has just told I've totally just been yeah focused on anything music anything that's gonna you know kind of help or um meeting you people will. yeah yeah oh you, you will full-time yeah yeah thanks you will full-time and you know yeah. like so you know everything you're doing is just like it's all coming to you right because mm -hmm. of all your hard yeah. work and who yeah. are your biggest supporters oh my parents for sure mm -hmm. yeah my mom, she's, I always say she's my momager. <laughs> my dad is a huge supporter. And even I have two siblings. I have a sister and a brother and they're right there with me. So. Oh, it's great. And yeah. Jamie, what is, what is next for you? Well, I, w what's next is I would love to get back into the studio. Like I say, I've always been, I'm always writing. I always have ideas of what to do. So my plan is to get into the studio this fall and, you know try to just record a couple tunes that i'll want to release i want to go back to nashville next year um there's that uh that nsai songwriter festival so i really want to go check that out um yeah and just lots more performances yeah that's wonderful and yeah. uh, so if people want to check out your music buy your yeah. record like where can they go yeah, so and my music is everywhere. So yeah. if that's Spotify, Apple Music, all that, they can check it out there. I actually just um, ordered my first line of, I have got some t-shirts made. My mom, she actually designed it all and all that. So I have to work towards, you know, putting it like online and stuff. I'm still, you know, there's a million things to learn and I'm still very green in that sense um but hey if you're local on the island on vancouver island you can hit me up you can buy some merch jamie is there anything else you like to add let's just see um yeah i think you know i think just um yeah if people want to listen to my music stomping ground and then check out i just you know my music video would be awesome if people check that out i'm pretty excited about it and um yeah i think we kind of covered everything no yeah. i love it and you know I, i'm so you know happy for you and i'd love thank to you. welcome you back thank on you the show and yeah yeah just yeah really, you know so i love your song i love your stomping ground for those listening watching um, buy your record, buy your music. Yes, yeah, no, I appreciate that. Anything like that helps, you know. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you so much for your time. And I'm, I apologize thank for you. this techno. Oh, no, no, gosh. It's kind of part of it, right? You know, I'm used to it. So it's, it's totally yeah. fine. And I appreciate your patience with me hopping on. I'm excited to have with me a very special guest, Charles Martin Smith, whose storied career as actor, writer, and director has been well chronicled worldwide. Charles has starred in iconic films such as American Graffiti, The Buddy Holly Story, and The Untouchables, to name a few. He's also made an impressive list of TV roles he's been in, such as Motive, The Beast, and he's directed and wrote movies such as Snow Walker, Stone of Destiny, and the list goes on. <laughs> and 
And I'm so excited to have him here today to talk about his recent award with the Whistler Film Festival's A Career Achievement Award with his latest film this time, making its Canadian Festival premiere at this year's event. And welcome. Welcome, Charles. Thank you. Nice to be here. Yeah, so I know you probably get asked this, but I, what does this award mean to you? Well, it's just... It's, I guess, it's a validation and it's very flattering, of course, but you know, that I've been doing this for a long time and I'm, uh, that to be remembered for, you know, a lifetime, a body of work is, I think, more flattering than being honored for one particular film or one other thing, you know, to, to that I've been doing this all my life and I'm still here pretty good it's uh and it and you know i've lived in vancouver for many many years so the Whistler film festival to me is the the closest and the most precious to me i've been there many times i've had films there and so on and uh have watched other people get lifetime career achievement awards and for it to be my turn this time was just really gratifying yeah so congratulations and who, if I may ask, who uh, congratulated you? Any anyone that you can share with us? Um, Angela Heck, who's the who's running the festival, was the one that actually presented me with the award. Awesome. It seems like everybody yeah. came up. I, I people from all over the Canadian film industry, it, which is, as I said, it's really flattering. It's nice to be remembered after having been doing this all these years. Yes, I mean it's like you know that day when you said I you know i won you know it's such a such an amazing and it's a testimonial for all the work and extremely uh amazing work that you've done you know acting and writing directing and and i mean i understand that theater was your first choice it was when i was a young acting student in, in in los angeles where i grew up i grew up in la because my father was in the film business he was an animator and so he was working at the studios and I was around. And I always wanted to be like my father, but unfortunately I can't draw. I, <laughs> I can hardly draw a stick figure. Why I did not inherit that talent of his, I don't know. But, uh, but I just got very interested in acting and I particularly love the theater. And I thought that I would probably end up having a life either working in the theater or maybe teaching theater at the university level and uh, I, you know, I that was my main interest. But being around Los Angeles, where the film industry is so prevalent, um, I actually had an agent come and see me in a play that I was doing and ask to represent me. And I said, sure. And I went on a few interviews and I started getting work in film and television. And then I started studying it more strong. I probably studied acting for seven or eight years, even after I started working. I kept going to classes and trying to yes. get to learn more. Yeah, it's such a craft, like in, yeah. you know, when you're acting and, and there is a difference by understanding and being on stage and in, in TV and film, correct? Yeah, it is. It is. And it's, it's tricky to adapt one to the other. I had not acted on stage for a long time, but then when I moved to Vancouver, this would have been in the early eighties, I helped to start the Vancouver Shakespeare Festival which still lives on in a different form called Bard on the Beach. And 
uh, it was Shakespeare, which I love. And I went out there and I thought, I realized how rusty I was at it because film acting is very different. As a film actor, you're doing your whole role in little bits and pieces. And then it's all going to be edited together later. But of course, in the theater, you go out there at eight o'clock and you're, it's just you, you and the audience for the next two and a half hours. Right. And every audience is different, right? It's, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's it's really amazing. And I think it's a really, um, if I'm like a transferable skill, you know, from theater to film uh, to TV. But I wanted to, I understand that um, in the film Never Cry Wolf, which was, I believe, 1983. Now, was this when you fell in love with to stay in BC? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I would, we actually started filming in 1980. I know the movie says 83 on it because that's when it was released and when it was finished. But we began filming in 1980 and it was the first time I'd ever been to BC. And I came through Vancouver and I remember I was staying at a hotel in the West End and I was looking out at English Bay and Stanley Park and all the buildings I thought, this is fantastic. I would love to live here. And uh, it, did, it came to pass, of course, that I did exactly that. But um, British Columbia is just so spectacularly beautiful. And we filmed Never Cry Wolf in northern BC, all the way up into the Yukon, as far north as Dawson City. And we filmed on and off for almost two years. It was wow. an enormous amount of filming that just, just sort of went on and on. The director, Carol Ballard, who is a genius, is um, primarily a documentary filmmaker. So it was almost like I was the subject of a documentary, me and the the two Inuit actors that we had and all the wolves. Yes. I mean, the, what a what an experience. So that's, you know, it's, it is cold, but it's also, was there something else that you really, really liked about BC? There were, Two things. I mean, I really, I was so impressed by nature. And even in Vancouver, you're in the middle of nature. You're aware of it. You've got the mountains and it, the ocean is right there and all the parks and forests. It's really an unusual and unique city to have all of that. Plus all the great things of a really good city, great restaurants and theaters. And, and then the other thing was the people. I made such good friends there. Uh, and I was just impressed by the kindness and the warmth of the people. So I just, uh, and a couple of friends of mine, including Farley Mowat, who had written never the book, Never Cry Wolf as Long, uh, along with, you know, a hundred other wonderful books. He said, Charlie, you got to come up here. Come on, you got to come up. So anyway, uh, I had a few friends. It was the people really, as much as the beauty. That's, oh, that's wonderful. And thank you, Charles, for sharing. And I also want to congratulate you, if I haven't congratulated in the intro, about um, this time. Now, was this the first time in front of a camera for a while for acting? For a long time. I sort of began to be more of a director and writer, um, particularly proud of Snow Walker, which was my next Farley Mowat story. <laughs> 20 years after Never Cry Wolf, and that was one that I wrote and directed. I didn't act in it. Um, and I got to go back up and live up in the north again, this time over in um, Nunavut with uh, uh, another wonderful Inuit uh, actor and 
and and Barry Pepper, who's from the island. So I, it was another real joy doing the Snow Walker. And then I went on and directed various other things, including Dolphin Tales for Warner Brothers and, and some things I hadn't acted in a long time. But when when COVID hit and the industry shut down during the pandemic, I decided just to take a break myself because. Uh, and I found that I really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. I liked taking a break. I liked getting up in the morning and not thinking, oh, I've got four meetings today and I've got to do, I've got, I've got to finish this draft. I've got to finish. I said, whoa, this is really nice. Uh, I could, I could get used to uh, a kind of semi-retirement. So in a way, that's kind of what I've done. But um, my friend, Rob Vaughn, who, um, I've known as a producer for 25 years, and he and I have had a number of projects together. Uh, he was working on something, and he asked me to come along, help him produce it, help him develop the script, and also to play one of the two leading roles. I thought, well, that's almost that's easier than directing, you know, because I don't have to worry about absolutely everything that goes on. And I looked forward to acting again, but it was a challenge. I had not played a major role in a film for at least 15 or 20 years. But it's it's like a muscle memory too. Like once you start back, you know, it's it doesn't take long, if I may say. And um, But you also executive produced as well, right? Um, yeah. Yes. Well, I helped him develop the project. Yes. I came on as executive producer and then we worked on the script and casting and everything. I was involved from a producer point of view, but on set, Rob was very good director and very good with actors. And although I was a little insecure after not having acted in a long time, he was very strong in his guidance and taking me through it. Plus the actress who plays the lead, young actress from Toronto named Anwen O'Driscoll. She's brilliant. She's so good and so fun to work with that you know, for an actor, it's like playing tennis. You need that good partner on the other side of the net to get the scenes really working. And Anwen and I had a great experience working together. Yeah, that made cool. it so much easier. Yeah, and for the viewers who may not know, can you tell us about the film? It's an interesting story. It's uh, uh, The writer is a, a young queer writer in Los Angeles, and she was trying to write something that would kind of speak to her struggles as a teenager growing up and struggling with her sexuality and where she fits in in the world. And the so the, in the story, Anwen plays the young teenager who uh, has, she's, be, she's found some letters and diaries from her estranged father who's just passed away. She hasn't seen him since the age of three. And she wants to set off on a journey across country to learn who her father was. Mm. And uh, I play a Vietnam veteran, broken down, alcoholic hearse driver. Decent casting, I, I figure. And I, uh, to she ends up kidnapping me, sort of, or blackmailing me into driving her across the country. And we become allies in her journey. And as Rob often says, this movie is about allyship, about the fact that we can't get through life alone. We're all in this together. And what that character, what her character, both of our characters go through on this trip, I think is very moving. It's funny, it's charming, and it's very, um, 
emotional. Yeah, no, that's wonderful. And I would like to ask you about, I mean, I know American Graffiti, um, I understand it's been voted one of the 100 best movies all time. 